speaking on a subject I'm sure has been touched many times on this call over the hundreds of days that we've been having it, but it's the matter of having compassion on the multitudes. I'll read the familiar verse in Matthew 9, 36 in just a moment. But I returned a little over two weeks ago from Brooklyn with a church planning intern who's on the call this morning, uh, Thomas Bloomling. And um, we were there to look over a situation where he might be able to become a pastor. It's been a while since I have seen such masses of people. Uh, Some of you live in places like that where you see a sea of faces every day. Others of you are in rural areas. Um, People need the Lord all over. As we got out of the uh, subway one day, about rush hour, and uh, we're going back to our hotel on the main drag, Uh, we had to be very careful stepping onto the street level. We had to wait for a, a break. Uh, in the masses of people. Otherwise, we would have been mowed down, that many people. And I couldn't help but think of Jesus, who was moved by the multitudes. Yes, he had a burden for the individual. The Bible says that uh, when he saw the rich young ruler, and he knew what was in his heart, um, he he loved him. Isn't it interesting? It doesn't say that he saved him. He had a grand idol in his heart that he wasn't willing to give up, but Jesus still loved him. He had compassion on the widow of Nain, whose son was being taken to the burial place. Jesus interrupted that procession. He had uh, compassion on, on the leper, but in a special way, our Savior had compassion on the multitudes, the sea of faces whether they're on the street or on the hillside or on the temple concourse. And I pray that God will give us that. Sometimes we just see people uh, as objects to compete with. We see them as men, as trees walking, like Jesus talked about with that blind man. We see them as prospective perpetrators of road rage. May God touch our hearts And uh, the second time, as Jesus touched the blind man, so that we can see every man clearly, we need a burden for the multitudes. And that will give rise to the prayer of faith that we're trying to pray on these Zoom United calls. Verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion, a very strong expression. One word, one word in the Greek. Because they fainted, they laid down. They were distressed and downcast as sheep having no shepherd. And he turned to his disciples and said, pray, pray ye. Years ago, when I was on deputation uh, to be a missionary for 19 years, there was a very popular uh, mission song that was worn out at about every, every missions conference I went to. I got tired of it at the time, but since then, some of the words have come back to me, especially the second stanza. On they go through private pain, living fear to fear. Laughter hides their silent cries. Only Jesus hears. 
And behind those downcast countenances that we see on the street, there's a heart crying out. And Jesus hears. It's amazing how many times in the Gospels it talks about Jesus answered the thoughts of people. Can you imagine their shock, their gasp, when Jesus answered something they hadn't even vocalized? Yes, Jesus hears. Jesus knows. And though we don't have the omniscience of Christ, we can have the Spirit of Christ. And we can have that same compassion in our hearts. Every time we read that Jesus was moved with compassion, it's interesting. The Bible says that he did something about it. I'm reminded of the fact that the great ancient philosopher Plato, who wrote that uh, widely circulated essay, The Republic, in that uh, work, that masterpiece of literature, he openly opposed the open-air theaters of his day. And the reason that Plato opposed them was he, he said that it did physical injury, physical and emotional injury, to be moved emotionally, but not to be able to do anything about it. Maybe you've heard that expression, I'm tired of being stirred without being changed. We get stirred, but we're not changed. We don't do anything about it. But every time the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion, he did something about it. He wept. He worked. Like the biographer of Sir Walter Raleigh said, he could toil terribly. I mean, he was so tired from working one day that he could put his head to sleep in a boat in a storm. He slept like a baby. He prayed. And then finally, he died. He did something every time he was moved with compassion. Well, how did Jesus see the masses? I, I'm asking God to help me be more compassionate about the masses. Just share these briefly, and maybe you can do some further study on your own. It'll be some seed thoughts for devotionals or messages for yourself. How did Jesus see the masses? Well, number one, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd, as it says right here in Matthew 9, verse 36. He didn't just see them as unchurched, unenlisted, irreligious. No, he saw them as the blind, being led by the blind, how that should break our hearts. It will also fill us with righteous indignation, won't it, at the false shepherds that are out there, giving stone for bread, the blind leading the blind. He saw them as sick. Matthew 14, 14 talks about when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. And I'm reminded of what the Bible says in that marvelous 53rd chapter of Isaiah, verse three, surely he hath borne our griefs. It literally means sicknesses and carried our sorrows. Yes, sickness is a collateral fallout of sin. And I wonder if we see people sin sick, soul sick, heart sick, physically sick, sick, all of those just symptoms of that far greater constitutional disease that we all have because we participated in the fall, the disease of sin. Jesus saw them, thirdly, as hungry. The reason given for Christ feeding the 5,000 and later the 4,000 was he saw them, the people that had followed him, and, and they were hungry. 
and he was moved with compassion. Could I borrow your imagination for a moment and think hypothetically, what if after those disciples who had received the multiplied uh, pieces of loaves and fish, what after if what if after they had gone to the front rows and distributed to those hungry people, they came back to Jesus for more, and then they went back to the same front rows again and again. I think you can imagine what the people in the back rows would be saying. Hey, what about us? And this should move our hearts in a missionary way. What about the back rows? In many cases, the back rows are huge cities with masses of people. Jesus saw people as hungry, saw them as blind. When we see blind people, it naturally arouses our pity. And the unsaved are blinded, the Bible says, by the God of this world. It's a blindness of heart. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, their only hope is the illumination of the Holy Spirit, except the Holy Spirit beams the light of the gospel into their hearts. It doesn't matter what their IQ is. It doesn't matter what they've been exposed to. They're blind. Jesus saw them as crazy. Matthew 5, verse 19 tells how the Savior had compassion on the man we have come to know as the demoniac of Gadara. He cast out the legion of demons. This man was delivered. He was healthy again. He was whole. He was sane. Before that, he'd been the kind of crazy man that parents would have warned their children about. Don't veer very far from home. Come straight home. They locked their doors at night. They didn't want this man anywhere close by. Thomas and I uh, were shown by the pastor who led us around up there in Brooklyn. Close to his house, there was a building that had been used for many years as an insane asylum. And he said the rich people of Brooklyn would come for their entertainment to see those crazy people at the insane asylum. And I thought, oh my, what if one of those being laughed at and providing entertainment were a relative of mine, a son or a daughter or a brother or a sister? Wouldn't that break my heart? Wouldn't that fill me with rage towards those that were making sport of them? I think this category includes the confused, the depressed. Oh, how many are depressed? Oh, how many are suicidal? That's the untold story of those who are transgendering, we hear so much about. Finally, Jesus saw the dead, saw people as dead. He had compassion on the widow who was going out to bury her son. He touched the beer. He raised that boy from the dead. Paul told Timothy, she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. God forbid that we should be jealous of the pleasures of the wicked. They're dead, even though they think they're living it up, don't they? They're just acting out their deadness. And when we see that, we need to be moved with compassion. We need to weep over them. Maybe some of you remember this, but I'll never forget the scenes from Haiti in the aftermath of the January 12, 2010 earthquake. Dump trucks at night, 20 trips at a time unloading corpses into mass graves that had been dug by bulldozers. And I woke up one morning after seeing those pictures 
and I thought about dump trucks backing up to the great pit and dropping off people into hell. Oh, how our hearts need to be moved. What was it that prompted Jesus to say to his disciples, pray, pray ye? As you've heard me say before, if he had dropped to his knees and prayed, would not one prayer from the lips of the Son of God have availed for thousands of prayers from the lips of his disciples? But no, he said to his disciples, pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he would thrust forth laborers into his harvest field. What was it that prompted Jesus to say that? It was his compassion. So often we miss that compassion. And so we don't go after the lost sheep that need a shepherd. You say, Pastor Bradenberg, what what if my heart is cold? And you're honest about it. And you say, I don't feel this compassion. Well, my counsel would be just ask the Father to give what Jesus prayed for in the great high priestly prayer. The closing verse, verse 26. He prayed that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them. Jesus is praying that the love that he has for souls will be in us. So let's draw close to him. Let's lean upon his breast like John did so that we will feel the heartthrob of compassion on the multitudes. It was C.T. Studd, the great missionary, that said the thud of Christless feet on the road to hell is breaking my heart. Some of us on this call who've been on it hundreds of times Maybe just the time that we need to get a fresh impetus in our praying when we need to catch our second breath as we see, get the second touch from Jesus. Thank you.